0: Russia's war in Ukraine has entered uncharted territory. Two of its missiles have landed in Poland, NATO territory. Moscow's defense ministry has denied it's involved, but the incident has triggered a diplomatic emergency in Europe. The missiles have reportedly killed two people, hitting a village on the Polish-Ukrainian border. The Pentagon is working to confirm the strike and the circumstances surrounding it. Under the NATO treaty, an attack on one member state is considered an attack on all NATO allies. Poland's prime minister has convened a crisis meeting. Chief reporter Chris Reason is tracking developments. Chris, good morning to you. Now, you've spent a lot of time on the front lines in Ukraine. What would be going through the minds of European leaders right now?
1: Yeah, good morning to you. And well, high anxiety, I would think, at this point in time. This is one of the most serious developments of this nine month war, even though all signs are that it looks to be a mistake. This is the first missile strike into a NATO country, and the stakes really couldn't be any higher. And the missile hit early evening local time on remote Polish farmlands, just 10 kilometres from the Ukraine border. Two people killed. It came as Russia was raining down missiles on Ukraine, targeting the nation's power grid mostly, causing widespread blackouts for 7 million people and killing another two. But the likelihood is that that missile that hit Polish territory was an accident. Navigation malfunction, incorrectly programmed or potentially knocked off course by a Ukrainian anti-missile system. Here, Ukraine ambassador australia spoke on sunrise this morning let's listen
2: well we're waiting for confirmation uh, from poland i know that poland's government has called for a security and defense meeting uh, to discuss this matter i've seen the reports from polish media they're still not fully verified and confirmed but it looks like it did happen and therefore it will be up to the nato to decide uh, how to react to this
1: now Russia immediately denied any responsibility and claimed it was a deliberate provocation. Ukraine's president called it a significant escalation and called for NATO action. But the West has been cautious. The US and UK saying they want to wait and gather more evidence on the origins and causes of the strike. Even Poland is treading carefully, Anne, as well. They've held a national security meeting and are considering invoking Article 4 of the NATO treaty, which triggers talks between members, not the instant one in all in retaliation of article five however they have put their combat forces into a state of readiness a sign of heightened tensions in a region and that is already on edge
0: chief reporter chris reason with that developing story thank you very much chris The New South Wales flood emergency continues to unfold this morning. Hundreds have been evacuated from the town of Forbes as the Lachlan River continues to rise. It's expected to peak at 10.79 metres, the highest level since 1952. Marley Hogan is there.
3: Good morning. Well we are in Forbes where the town has been cut in three. At the moment you can see the SES currently ferrying people from one side to the other. That is the only way to safely move in and out of the town at this stage. Floodwaters have cut it in three. The north, south and the CBD, the area they call the island. Now a lot of this water here is from Ugowra and Conoundra but they are also expecting that flow from Wayangla Dam. Now At the moment the last reading for the flood level peak of the Lachlan River was at 10.6. They are expecting it to reach 10.8 and that would bring it to a similar level to the 1952 levels and they could even set a new record here. Now the town is well rehearsed in this. This will be the second time they have had a major flood level reach their town in just two weeks.
0: Thank you, Marley. As the town of Yugara in New South Wales starts the clean up after devastating floods, the search is on for two people who have been declared missing. Taylor Aiken joins us live from Tell Taylor, good morning. Now that search for the two missing people is a priority this morning.
4: It certainly is, Anne. Good morning. The police helicopter has been up since first light this morning and is still in the air assisting with crews searching on the ground. In a town of just 700, everyone knows everyone and this news of two missing people has rattled this already shaken town. The first of those missing is 60-year-old Diane Smith. She works as a receptionist at the local GP clinic. She also works at the general store. She was last heard from by a relative when she was trapped in floodwaters in her car. The second missing man is Les Vujek. He was last seen at home with his dog. Neither person has been heard from since Monday morning. But while a frantic search is underway for both of those people, the cleanup in this town has begun. Those at the evacuation centre left with nothing. There's no running water in this town at the moment so they can't even wash their clothes and there's very limited phone reception, meaning they can't get in contact with their loved ones.
2: Everyone expected the flood but the water just come down so quick, its just like a big wall of water went from you know, so high to about six foot high in about 20 minutes.
0: The worst thing, and that's why I'm a bit teary, is we've had no communications with our family who are desperate to, to hear. They've just seen the helicopters on the news and rescues and they know our house is, was completely underwater.
4: The recovery here will be long and it will be painstaking. But right now, everyone's thoughts are with the families
0: and those two missing people. Uh. Thank you for updating us, Taylor. Taylor Aiken reporting. Prime Minister Anthony Albanese says he had a very positive discussion with Chinese President Xi Jinping, the first meeting between the leaders of the two nations in six years. Our political editor, Mark Riley reports the meeting has happened on the sidelines of the G20 summit in Bali.
2: Well in a young Prime Ministership already of big moments this was the biggest by far. Warm, positive productive. Anthony Albanese says his meeting with President Xi Jinping was a good first step in re-establishing relations with China, running over time, 32 minutes face to face. President Xi says relations with Australia have been at the forefront of China's foreign policy for a long time and that the connection should be, in his words, cherished by both sides. As for tangible outcomes... I asked the Prime Minister about the big issue. Was there any sign of a concession from President Xi on the trading bargains? It
1: it was a positive discussion. Uh, We put forward our position. Uh, It was not anticipated that a meeting such as that, uh, you get uh, immediate uh, declarations uh, that I believe if people thought that would happen, uh, then that was not realistic.
2: Anthony Albanese says he raised Australia's deep concerns at the imprisonment of journalist Chang Lei and writer Yang Jun, and pressed the Chinese president to exercise his special relationship with Russia's President Vladimir Putin to end his invasion of Ukraine. A frank and direct but polite discussion. A first step in getting relations with China back on track at a time when President Xi says the world stands at a crossroads.
0: Mark Riley reporting. Qantas has warned Labour's controversial industrial relations reforms could have dire consequences for the aviation industry, sending the cost of flight sky high. Let's go live to political reporter Rachel Baxter in Canberra. Rachel, good morning. Now, some routes could be shut down. Good
3: morning. Well, the National Carrier has told the Senate committee looking into this bill that it would destroy the demand for flying, particularly in regional routes due to increased costs brought about by multi-employer bargaining. It said the legislation would plunge the aviation sector back 40 years and lead to a cascade of job losses. It's warning there will be a flow on effect with less investment, which will have a major impact on tourism as well. The same concerns and are being echoed by much of the private sector and business
0: groups.
2: There are risks to jobs uh, as a result of this uh, legislation if you're imposing higher costs, if you're not offsetting that against uh, productivity improvements, uh, being able to work uh, more flexibly at the enterprise level, uh, then the risk is that it will cost jobs.
3: The fate of the bill will ultimately be decided in the Senate. If it passes the test there, it will become law and Labor hopes to have the changes finalised by Christmas.
0: Rachel Baxter in Canberra. Thank you, Rachel. Tennis star Novak Djokovic's three-year ban from entering the country has been overturned, clearing the way for him to compete at this summer's Australian Open. Sarah Jane Bell reports.
5: The federal government is expected to grant Novak Djokovic a visa, meaning the tennis star can head back to Melbourne in a bid to secure his 10th Australian Open title. It's being reported the immigration minister has overturned that three-year ban that Djokovic received earlier this year when his visa was cancelled following a federal court battle related to issues surrounding his COVID-19 vaccination status. So for the immigration minister to overturn that ban, he has to be satisfied that there are compelling circumstances. Now, tennis great Roger Rashid says it's good news for the tournament.
1: From a tennis perspective and a sporting perspective, Koshi, um, you know, we want the best players here in our country and, and to give the fans what they want.
5: Tennis Australia won't comment on the decision this morning waiting on official confirmation. But earlier this week, CEO Craig Tiley uh, said he was optimistic that the world number eight would return.